We ready to go? Well, let's go. Let's get into some of the word here and see what God's got for us this morning. Like I said, we're we're staying in the same the same thread here with on the move and I just want to start with the transition and we we've kept a verse that I want to continue with and it's out of Joshua chapter 1 and verse 2. This is where we got the whole theme of this. He said, Moses, my servant is dead. Now therefore arise and go over this Jordan. You know, every time I read this, man, I find something different. We, we talked about it once before, about it being this Jordan, which implies that there's another Jordan coming. Little did the Israelites know that they were going to have to fight harder to maintain or keep their promise than they did to get into the promise. If only they would have known, it may not would have crossed. Some probably would have chosen just to stay where they were, but we're going to get into that too because God is way smarter than we give Him credit. But it says, go over this Jordan. You're not going to... You don't have to go through every Jordan. You don't have to fight every trial. You don't have to, to go through everything. Sometimes we have an option to go over. And if we're quick to get into God's Word, we'll soon realize that going over doesn't always imply that I have to climb. There are some battles that's not ours. God said, this Jordan, I want you to go over this Jordan. And all this people, we talked about, man, you got you to take all the crazy ones with you. You got to take the non-believers with you. You, you, you got to take them all. The spiritually sound, the immature. You probably take some people dragging. They'll be kicking and screaming. Anybody ever had to take a two-year-old through the store? <laughs> kicking and screaming when they wanted something and you didn't want to. I'm looking at some right now that I know that was two years old at some time, kicking and screaming, and you just dragging through the store. and <laughs> To the land which I am giving. And we talked about giving, remember? We talked about giving. That, that is telling me that is a continuous give. God's always giving. God is constantly wanting to give you what's next. And you know God at all. You know that God is always taking us from faith to faith, glory to glory. That He holds nothing good from us, so He's always outdoing Himself. So whatever He give you the last time, Guess what? He wants to give you something this time, and it's going to be better than the last time. Hang on. Let's go to Exodus. Exodus chapter 13, verse 17. Then it came to pass when Pharaoh had let the people go, this is when Moses had 
run off. He met up with God, and God sent him back, and dudes tore up. That God did not lead them by way of the land of the Philistines. Although that was near. For God said, lest perhaps the people change their minds when they see war and return to Egypt. You hear a lot of people talking about the children of Israel wandering in the wilderness, wandering through the desert, when in fact it was God leading them. Remember? The pillar of fire? The cloud? It was, it was God that was leading them. It wasn't just that the Israelites were just wandering. They were under divine direction. God was saying, this is, this is the way I want you to go. Man, isn't it awesome to know that the one that created you the one that has created something for you knows exactly what it is that he's got to do to and through and for you in order for you to be able to enter into come on oh I'm going to preach it in a minute I think if it's Micah stay down boy this one's got one more chance today But God said, I'm not going to lead them this way, even though it's shorter. It makes much more sense to you and I to go from A to B. You don't even have to take geometry. See, I don't believe in geometry because the letter ain't a number. I write letters with letters. Okay, I do math with numbers. But they say that the shortest distance from here to there, from A to B, is a straight line. That's what they say. I don't know. One plus one is four. That's all I know. God said, man, if I I take them, if I just put them from here to there, now, you've got to understand now, he is dealing with a people that has been bound, that has been nurtured, that has been brainwashed, that has been under rule, has had certain direction for 400 plus years. Man, if I put you in a certain state for a week, it's hard to get you out of that. You don't believe me? Come on. Come on. Don't, don't make me go there. Come on. I put you, if I say that you got to do something for a week, man, it's become habit. Come on, man. We still, we still going like this, man. We don't even want to touch nobody now. <laughs> We're doing air fives and stuff. 
And we okay with it, some of us. But here God is. God said, wait a minute, I've got to take this people. And he ain't moving just one or two. He's moving a million plus people. And he said, now I've promised them a land flowing with milk and honey. I, I have promised them the land. But I got a problem. If I put them people in this land, they're not going to know how to work it. They're not going to know how to cultivate it. They're not going to be able to handle it. And what I'm about to give them may just go to spoil. I've got to do something. We can't put new wine in old wineskins. So in order for me to pour out what I want to give them, I've got to prepare them that they may be able to receive it and it not go to waste. So if I send them from A to B, two problems. One is the mic keeps riding up on my face. Two. Made me train of thought. From here, and that what I have right now isn't going to be what I here. So I be I've got to fix this first. So in order for me to fix this, I need a little time. Not because I can't do it, because they go have a hard time doing it. So God said, I'm just going to give them their space. I'm going to let them work this thing out. Knowing all along, wasn't but two of them going to go. Two out of a million. Not very good percentage. I would have hate to have been traveling with that crowd. My chances went way down. He said, if I, if, and, and here, here was the other thought that I had. Man, if I send them straight into war, they're going to go, whoa, 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 whoa. Uh -uh. I ain't got to do all that right there. I'm just going to go back over here. If you bring them out of bondage to where there was really no fight, it was just wake up in the morning, grab your hoe, and go dig some dirt. Now you're going to pull me out of here, and the first thing you're going to do is put me in the face of a giant, and now I'm going to have to fight these Philistines with me. That's going to, that automatically it is going to bring fear, cause them to retract. They're not going to know what to do. So God said, I can't send them this way. I've got to do something first. I'm going somewhere. Hang on a minute. You with me? Attention, I know you are. <laughs> so along this time, God is trying to work something out with these people. So that by the time he gets here, he's able just to go, here you go, boys. But he knew, although they were delivered, 
they weren't free. Here is where I'm wanting to go this morning. Just because you and I don't feel as though we are making progress because there's no forward movement, it doesn't mean you're not transitioning. Consider this. A caterpillar stops moving, wraps itself up. Did he stop moving? Really? Or does it just appear that way? And the whole time he's transitioning. The whole time. The fight, the struggle, right? He's going through all of that. He's still on a journey of forward moving. You, we have to go through transition in order for us to have the ability to fulfill purpose in the next level in which God intends to take us. If the caterpillar did not go through transition, he would have not been able to fly. He would have still been a caterpillar. Listen to me. Your purpose is not just to be saved. Come on, church. I don't. I, I got tendonitis in this elbow, and I'm right handed. So I feed babies like this. What I'm trying to say is my arm hurting. I ain't got time to hold you like this and feed you today. Okay? Although in life, it looks like we're not going anywhere. Friend, you're still in transition. See, I've got to take you back to, I'm done. If they got problems hearing me, that's day problem, not mine. I'm here. I've got to sit and look at this one ain't even working. I'm going to take you back to Joshua and Caleb. Remember when Joshua and Caleb were chosen to be one of the 12 spies that was going to view Canaan? Right, they were they were sent out to go and look at Cain and see. This is oh man, I wish I had time. I wish I had time because where they were, they still had to cross over to Jordan to get to Canaan the first time to go and spy on Canaan. 
So this ain't the first time for Joshua to cross. I wish I had time. I wish I had time. See, there are many times that you've experienced something. You didn't even know what you were experiencing until the moment came back up. And then you went through it, and you went, oh, deja vu. Boy, I wish I had some time to work on that one because that's good. That, that's good when, when God will do stuff and you don't even expect it. And God did not already sent you out there. See, he didn't send you out there. To, never mind. Joshua and Caleb, they were chosen. They were two of the 12. They go and they seen the exact same things that the other 10 saw. They saw the big grapes. They saw the big giants. They saw the milk and honey. They, they saw the exact same thing that the other ten saw. There was a difference in what they saw. It wasn't the object, it was how. It was how they saw it. They had been wandering under God's direction in the wilderness for 40 years. They had seen God do miracle after miracle after miracle after miracle. And instead of them using, God, what have you done for me lately? They used that past experience to prep them for the next experience that God was going to usher them into. They knew that God had already brought water from the rock. They knew that God had already opened up the Red Sea. They knew that God had already given them manna. They knew that God had already given them shelter. They knew that God had already given them heat. They knew that God was with them the entire time. And they were just sitting back with their pens and their notepads. And they were going, man, God did, God did, God did, God did, God will do, God will do. But two out of the millions were these other ten blind They're looking for that forward movement and they're not understanding the transition it takes to get to that point. And so many times we as Christian people, our frustration comes from the lack of forward movement because we don't understand and we don't recognize the transitioning. God will set you still sometimes in a circle to go around the mountain until He can fix something. He knew for a fact that these people weren't going to be able to make it over there. He knew for a fact that it would be Joshua and Caleb that got it. He knew because he put Joshua with Moses. He knew that Joshua wouldn't just want to have that face-to-face -face conversation, but he would be like Moses and say, God, show me your glory too. I've already seen you face-to-face, -face, but I want to see your glory now. It's never enough. There was a desire. 
those who thirst and hunger after righteousness. God knew Joshua was getting this thing. That's why he chose him to go the first time. Because he said, I want you to count what I've done in the past. Look at the increase of what I've done in the past and look at this increase that I'm getting ready to bring. Joshua and Caleb understood this transitioning. They're like, oh, God, if you've done that, I know you can do this. God was building their faith the whole time. And we lose focus when there's a hiccup. I wonder how many of you, if I was to ask a question to each individual, I wonder how many of you would say that you've ever been in that place, whether it was brought on by yourself. See, what y'all get confused as Christians, you're blaming, <laughs> never mind. You bring, you're blaming the wrong person. Most of the time. It's not always the devil. It's your decision. You're just using the wrong D. I'll get you straightened up this morning. Just don't use the wrong D no more. Use the right D. But how many of you have ever been in a place and you went, God, why? Why? You know, why now? I mean, man, things were so good a month ago. God, why now? God, if this, would, if this is really what you wanted me to be in, really? God, th this is what you have for me. This is Canaan? This is the promise? <laughs> this? And if you sit and get real quiet sometimes, you might hear him whisper in your ear. And he goes, I can't give it to you right now. You can't handle it. <laughs> I just can't imagine. Man, it's, it's hard for me to fathom God whispering. I think that's why the Holy Spirit's there, so the Holy Spirit can whisper. God's just, God just sounds, it just sounds big to me. Just speak with a lot of bass. Oh. Never mind, that's just my thinking. But how many of you have ever gotten there? Man, it's just out of the blue, something, something transpired in your life, and you go, what is this? God, why? Why me? Why now? Or really? I hear this phrase a lot. <clears throat> it just never stops. I hear that phrase a lot. It just never stops. Good lesson right here. If you got your pen and your paper, you might want to take a note right here. This is for you. I'm not going to look directly at you because then everybody will know who I'm talking about, Tommy. I just want to say this is for you. 
It's because God's trying to work something out of you in order for you to be able to handle what he's going to put in you. What he's going to give to you. What's coming next. If he was to open it, uh, open it up now, man, we're not ready. We want to know, God, why now? Here's, here's your sign. This is why now. It's called transition. Now, will we be Will we be like the other, might as well say a million, or will we be like the two? Can we look at and consider just for a moment that what we're in is building us for something else? Because... Joshua, the Bible says that God's no respecter of person. Okay? What God done with them other million, he was doing with Joshua and Caleb too. It wasn't like they were staying over at the Marriott. They was going through the exact things. So see, what, what you think, man, oh, brother, you're not on your own. Somebody has gone through, somebody has failed in, somebody has made it over, the same stuff. We won't give God credit for nothing. And he keeps coming back to us, how do you think that you've made it? Can you just be thankful for a moment? that you are where you are right now because of the experiences that you had then and God, but God. See, you lost that because the church used to go crazy. Babies with flying shoes would kick bobby pins. Would People be ducking. But God is always transitioning us. But we won't look at our circumstance or our situation as a transition. We look at our circumstance and our situation as adversity. Well, this must be... uh, I used to hear this, and I, I hate it. That's why I refuse. I refuse to walk around with a poverty mentality. I hate it. Well, I guess this is all God wants. No! It's not. Man, God said, test me in this. We talking about money. He said, test me in this and see that I don't open up the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing that you can't contain. Hell, I'll have men. Give unto your bosoms, press down, shaking together, and running over. Well, I guess this is all that God wants me. What? It's a stronghold. It's a stronghold. Man, growing up, I used to hear phrases like, well, if you keep the pasture poor, you keep them humble. I said, God, I ain't going to be one of them. 
Not me. Not today. God, if you can't make them give in to my bosom, I ain't doing that. Your word said this, not me. There's, Y'all know that's for real in religion, right? They do. Look, demon boards will run a church in a minute. And they'll say, no, Pastor, you can't have no more. Give you a stick of gum and a glass of water today. Now, only do half that stick before and half that stick after because we can't. That's why I get my own cough drops. That way, if I breathe on you, you, you smell cough drop. You smell medicine. You don't smell. You don't have to like where you're at. You don't have to like your circumstance. You don't have to like the adversity. You don't even have to ask for it. <laughs> In most cases, Tommy, you don't even have to go looking for it. It'll find you. Come on, church, man. Get in this thing with me. Help me preach this this morning because I need some help. We have forgotten what it is to be built into something. We have become so microwave now. Come on. Okay. Now, this only goes for those that can cook. If you can't cook, this ain't for you, okay? But if you can cook, if you can cook, you can understand this. If you can't cook, you, you might not understand this. I ain't looking at you. All right, track with me for a moment. I'm not looking at Debbie. Track with me for a moment. Man, it's almost like a Wednesday night. I'm excited now. Track with me for a minute. There are certain recipes that you use in your cookbooks or traditional pass-me-down. Linda, I'm sure you don't crack a cookbook. Uh, Linda's got this thing so perfect. She just holds her hand up and goes, and that's enough salt. I mean, she's got this thing perfected probably. But there, oh, she doesn't even use salt. Sorry. Or sugar. Charlie, how can you eat? I'm sure there ain't no problem eating. But anyway, listen, check, track with me. Just hang on. There are certain ingredients in your recipes that are designed to be mixed together at certain stages. Now, those that cook all the time, correct me when I'm wrong. And if you don't mix them at certain times, your product is not going to come out the way your product is supposed to come out. Them cookies is going to be nasty. You with me? So there's certain ingredients that are put in at a certain time and that are mixed together. There's some that have mix and whip this for X amount of minutes. So there are certain times that you're going to be, uh-oh. Boy, I love how he can just bring that stuff and put it right together and make that thing work out. There's going to be some times that you're going to be whipped for a season. I didn't drop it all the way, Billy. Settle down. 
settle down. That's the only time I get their attention. Pop a mic or something, they... (laughs) Or call them out. That is what God does with us. He is such the perfect chef. He knows just the right ingredient for the moment. I hear people quote this scripture in part a lot. That God doesn't put anything on you that you can't handle. And then they stop. I got a clue for you. That scripture doesn't stop right there. That scripture says without making a way out first. So that means, sweetheart, here's a way out, but I'm fixing to load you down. Boy, they think I'm just all disarrayed this morning. You with me? I mean, because how many of you have... How many of you have gone through something, and I'm going to get to this part too, but how many of you have gone through something, and then the, then Mr. Religious, Mr. Pharisaical Spirit comes waltzing into the church with his holy garb on, or her, and looks at you and says, the Lord doesn't put anything on you that you can't handle. And they walk off. I want to hit them, thump them right in the back of the, right in the, back of the head. You're going to scripture me? You better scripture me. Give it to me. All of it. It might be a little hot going down, but give it to me anyway. I don't like spicy. But we get tied up in these things, man. We're, we're, we're trying... We're, it's a crying shame that you, you've got pastors that are conditioning the Christian people to walk in this manner and to walk with this type of understanding that God won't put anything on you, which leads me to this point. If I'm going to continually condition you to think that God will never put on you more than you can handle the moment that you face adversity, the moment that you say, God, I can't take anymore, you're going to begin to question whether or not God's even there God said I ain't never left you I ain't leaving you now and I'll never leave you in the future oh it's gonna get tough buddy it's gonna it's gonna get right You're going to be walking through your garden going, God, where are you? (laughs) He won't be hollering for you. You're going to be hollering for him. Where are you? But see, you you decided not to come to church that Sunday, and you didn't listen to the message, and you haven't read your Bible for two weeks, so you missed that word that was actually going to get you through that little moment in that season. And now you have faltered again. See why it's so important to forsake not the gathering. Oh, it's not a religious thing just to get you in the church. It has nothing to do with that. Forsake not the gathering of yourselves. Why? For the uplifting of one another. See, there's another portion that we like to go, well, I'm going to give you this scripture. 
I want to put some condemnation on you. I make you feel guilty. You don't give them the benefit. You give them the rule. I serve a beneficial God. It benefits me to serve him. It profits me to serve him. Look, we're my daughter. Boy, got ready to just bust it loose on her. They'll tell you. My kids will tell you. We're not discussing church. We're going. Now, if you want to talk along the way, we can talk about anything you want. But the discussion's not going to be whether or whether or not. Now, I can't force you to serve the same God, and I've told them both. I don't force you to come to the same church. And now that you adult, well, if you live with me, you're still going to do what I tell you to do. If you can't do that, you need to bounce. Look, and ain't no offense, I'm the priest of my house. Amen. Not, not you. Your opinions, what you think, ain't coming. It don't breach the doorway of my home. Come on, men. I'm trying to give you some ammunition. Sometimes you need to shut them girlfriends down. You want to know why your house is jacked up? Because your girlfriend's got your wife's ear. And you women that think it's so easy to be the priest of the home and run the house, I don't need no man. I do it all by myself. Watch. You're out of divine order. God put this thing together that you would benefit and prosper. Do you know how many times she'll get a blessing and I won't? And I'm mad the whole time too. Because I decided I'm going to do something different. And she goes, eh, I don't feel that. I said, don't matter what you feel. This is how we're going to walk this line. Okay. And she'll walk that line. And I'm getting beat down, plummeted, kicked, scratched. And the whole time she's, look at that pretty flower. <laughs> I'm going, are you kidding me? <laughs> you didn't get that crack upside the head? There's purpose behind that. See, women don't like to hear that word submission. And, and this ain't no iron fist rule. Now, it used to be in my house. I'm the man, you can do it and shut up. I did it. Not anymore. Don't need to. Now, if she don't agree, God, you take care of Sarah. I'm going to go over here. And I leave Sarah alone. That's Debbie. It's not Sarah. So I, don't, I didn't need somebody. Are you dating some woman named Sarah? Because you said Sarah out loud. Or you're going to get the text. You're, you let your husband. Who is Sarah? You let your husband call you his girlfriend? <laughs> Biblical reference. Remember how Sarah wasn't in agreement? Right? She said, <laughs> Abraham said, Daddy, you're going to have to fix that. And that's what I tell all the time. Uh, okay. Daddy be talking to you. 
not going through the house. We were talking about transition. I don't know how I got off on that. You're supposed to go like this and go. You're supposed to stop me every once in a while. We were talking about the transitioning of, of, of Joshua and Caleb and, and how they learned from their past experience. And they took all those ingredients and they mixed them in at the right time and they used them at the right time. And then out of the oven, voila. They was like, wow, did you see that grape? They said, man, there's giants in that land. But with God... God's with us. I'm not running. God's with us. See, there's sometimes you got to go against the, uh, what do they call that, when everybody else is for something and you're not? The, the common whatever. Yeah, something like that. I'm not a politician. I'm not running for office. Y'all remember, let me, let me do this, and, I, and I'm, I'm, we're gonna, we, I'm, I'm going to close. And let you come into praise and worship. Remember the story about Paul when he was on the ship and they had the shipwreck. Remember that? And all of the things that Paul had gone through in his life up to that point. I mean, man, he's... He's had it rough. He's had it rough. And in the midst of the stars and the moon and the sun not coming out for days and they're getting just tossed around and an angel shows up to God or an angel shows up to Paul and told Paul, don't, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Because, see, you got to go to Rome. <laughs> he was on his way over there, right, in handcuffs. <laughs> Y'all remember? And the angel come and reminded him, no, you got to go over. <laughs> I mean, me and that angel would have had some conversation. Dude, if you, if you come and set me free, set me free. Don't tell me I got to go over here and get thrown in jail again. Just set me free. But he said, look. You've got to go there, so you're going to make it. You're going to make it. It don't look like you're going to make it. Church, it don't look like you're going to make it. It don't smell like you're going to make it. It don't feel like you're going to make it. But God said you're going to make it. When the angel told Paul that he was going to make it, it was a revelation no matter what I face, I'm going to end up over here because God already told me. See, this is why I'm saying, man, you better be careful when you say, especially when you come to me and say, well, you know, God told me that I think that we need to, because once you say God, I'm out, brother. I'm out. Like my kids, when they come to me and say, Mama said, well, I'm out. Not vetoing. I'm out. And that's what happened. Paul got a revelation. 
and it was from God. And he held to that word that nobody was going to perish. And Paul had already told them, look, dude, you need to put me off a boat. <laughs> and they wouldn't listen to none of that. It's like us. We get in the midst of something. I mean, just kick us off the boat, man. Get... Sweetheart, your life would be a lot easier if you just kicked me off the boat. But if you did, I'm coming back. I heard it laid out one day like this to me. Pastor said that him and his wife had had a little scuffing. And he goes upstairs, and there she is with her suitcase on the bed. And she packing. And he says, so I went to the closet. I got my suitcase. And I put mine on the bed. And I opened it up. And I looked at her. And I said, where are you going? She said, I don't know, but I'm getting out of here. And he said, me too. I done had enough. Where are we going? <laughs> Can't get rid of us. These, the wiser men. Nah, we ain't going nowhere, dude. Charlie, we ain't got nothing in the back of our mind that says come off a mountain, do we? Deck. That corn, that cornbread is too good. <laughs> but here's Paul, man. Paul jumps on this revelation. But do you know that if Paul wouldn't have recognized and understood what he had already been brought through up to that point, that Paul may not have given in and stood to the knowledge of God at that point. He may have just let it go. But he took what he had gone through in the past. As a conditioning. To make it. For what God's got next. So I say don't man don't quit. Don't you dare quit. Most people quit right when they're at the threshold. I mean, can you, can you imagine getting to heaven and God pushing pause, rewind, play, and you seeing yourself walk up to the door and just went, <sighs> and on the other side of that door, it was easy flowing for the rest of your time. You were that you were that close. That's why I don't quit. I, I say I'm quitting. I want to turn in resignations. I say I'm done. I throw my hats down on the floor. I lay in the floor. I cry. I kick and scream. I quit a lot. And then the next day I'm back up and dressed and go again. And I go, Lord, I need your strength.
I believe a lot of the times it's the process that we go through that makes things better. Because I hated her. Not just giving you that word because I had a lack of vocabulary come across my mind. I'm telling you that because that's what I truly believed. I hated her for 12 years. 12 years. Hated. And then we watch God do something magnificent. Something miraculous. See, he didn't, he didn't reconcile our marriage. We didn't have a marriage. He created a marriage. There's, oh, there's a big difference. There's a big difference. And we had all that stuff come about, and I, we, we would put stuff out in our testimony, and people would go, do you think that your marriage will ever be like what it was before you knew? I said, no, <laughs> it won't be. They said, really? I said, no, it'll be better. He said, how can you say, buddy, let me, when you know, when you know that God put his finger in your soup, you can rest assured that thing will taste good. It's going to taste good, but we got to let God put his finger in our soup. Man, what you're going through is conditioning you. And each one of you have something right now. Some of it, it, some of you may just have it attached to a belt loop. Others may be carrying it around in your pocketbook where it's not as noticeable. Others of you drag it around on your shoulders and it's about to break you. But can I tell you what you're going through is conditioning you because God's got something around the corner. The promise is always bigger than what you went through. And it makes you appreciate See, I don't know about you, man. I don't I would much rather God condition me for something greater than to put me in something good. Oh. That's a good tweeter. I would rather God conditioned me for something greater than to just take me and put me into something good. What's God conditioning you for? told you I was going to finish. Joshua and Caleb were conditioned all that time. But Joshua and Caleb weren't conditioned just for them. Joshua and Caleb was conditioned for a nation. What they went through, they went through for the ones they led across the Jordan. 
Oh, they got fringe benefits. Joshua got to talk to God a couple times. Got to see him work. Got to walk under that blessing. So what you're going through, consider this. What you are facing right now and what you're being conditioned in right now is for someone that sees you from a different perspective. And you may be the one that brings them into a new season or causes them to die out in the wilderness. See, I don't know about you. I take this thing, this is serious, guys. Do you know how serious heaven is? And how serious hell is? Do you you understand what that is? This is not a computer game. Man, we don't get to do this a second time. I don't want to stand in front of my creator and be told that the reason she didn't get her blessing or her inheritance was because of what I'd done with what I had. It don't mean a whole lot until I put your husband in it. Somebody that, he's not in here, somebody that you say you love. <laughs> but can you imagine? It's, it's for the one that you love. Not the one that you like, not the one you said, hey, let's, let's try marriage. or let's, you know. I'm talking about the one that you love. You could be the make or break it. I'm not not taking God out of the equation. Just hear me. Because a lot of people don't see Jesus or read about Jesus every day. But they see or read you every day. And I'm the first one to tell you, even as a pastor, if you're offering Jesus to me and all you want to do is belt me upside the head because it's a... King James Version, and I've got to live and walk in holy white garbs all day. But if that's the best Jesus you've got, I'm not interested. If you're going to represent God, you represent God. Don't represent your traditions and your religiosity and your thoughts and your feelings. Represent God. What, what did God say about it? Because if, if I can't put your words to this Bible... Chances are, what you said went in one ear. A lot of times it happens like that anyway, but it just, not really, not to, that didn't come out right. 
You know what I mean. Right? Help me. Help me. But you could be the one. Can you, can you think just for a second how bad it could have been? What you're setting in right now could have been so much worse. That's why I'll eat them burnt biscuits, baby. I said it out loud. I'm sorry. Shh, I'm sorry. You just eat them, be quiet. Just eat them. There was a joke about that, and uh, the kid come and asked the daddy something about, Daddy, did, did, was your biscuits burned? He said, yeah. He said, well, why did you eat it? He said, because your mama made them. Now, there's sometimes that we have agreed and we've said, let's go get something to eat. Wasn't that she didn't try. We just knew there was a better taste somewhere. <laughs> I love having too much fun. Allow yourself to be conditioned. Allow God to, allow God to bake something in your life. He knows what to put in. He knows how to do it. You don't have to like it. You don't have to agree with it. And you can say there's a better alternative. Don't you think the Israelites would God, we could have just went straight on, been there seven days. No, 40 years. We always think there's a better way. And the whole time God's trying to condition us. He leaned down, son, daughter, don't you, don't you see what I'm trying to do for you? I think your expectations of the outcomes are hidden in the conditions, in the conditioning. It's hid in the transitioning, your perspective of the outcome. Can you imagine what a caterpillar's thinking? 